0: Hi everybody, this is Ghat uh, I wanted to spend a few minutes today talking about the delineation between ideology and organizations, outfits that should be apolitical. And that distinction, very much like how in a society when you have secularism, there's a distinction between state and religion. Uh, similarly, one of the things that makes the West historically, the great uh, structure of societies that we've had is precisely because there is this very, very important delineation across many, many different uh, domains. And so I'll mention a few. I just wrote them down. I jotted them before I was about to start. So I guess, of course, I should mention very briefly about what happened yesterday with uh, the raid of uh, former President Trump's House. Uh, As you might imagine, it's historic precisely because never before in the history of the United States has the FBI ever engaged in such a uh, behavior so that you'd like to think that if they, you know, went ahead and, uh, you know, barged into his private quarters, his private residence, uh, notwithstanding, uh, you know, search warrant that they had, then it better be for really compelling reasons truly compelling, that anyone, irrespective of their political uh, stripe, would agree that it was uh, justified. And uh, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I'm going to presume that, uh, I'm going to be bold and presume that uh, it's probably not going to uh, pass the sniff test. But in any case, let me just go through these. So academia would certainly be a place where You would have liked to think that scientists and scholars would pursue truth unencumbered by uh, parasitized political ideologies or, or just parasitized idea pathogens. But of course, the whole point of the parasitic mind is that it is professors who have spawned these dreadful ideas and then promulgated them to every nook and cranny of society. So academia should be the place where We place the highest value on truth, and yet uh, many disciplines in academia, including those that people thought would be impervious to parasitic ideas, have now been parasitized, including STEM fields. So academia seems to have fallen. Let's move on. Journalism, of course, journalism is, you know, they're anything but parasitized. You'd like to think that if you remember the, the old school straight anchors, Walter Cronkite, when I was a kid, right? He, uh, you know, uh, shared the, the news of the day with very little spin, with very little personal editorializing or opinions. Uh, he's just telling you the story. Here is what happened today. And then it's up to you to, you know, uh, decide uh, what your position is on a given issue there wasn't the punditry that you see today i mean it's, it's it's one thing to of course admit that you're a pundit you could be a rachel maddow pundit or you could be a sean hannity pundit but much of the news even those who call themselves sort of straight journalists are hardly that so when for example no one wanted to report on the hunter biden laptop story that's a grotesque breach of journalistic ethics, because you need journalists holding people in power, holding their feet to the fire in order for democracy to function, uh, you know, as as well as it can. Uh, it sounds like a cliche, like a civics class, but it really is that, right? Journalists should be apolitical. Now, it doesn't mean that journalists may not have uh, political, private political opinions in terms of You know which party they prefer, which candidate they prefer, but when they exercise their job, they should be free of that uh, those allegiances. And yet, of course, we know very well that that's not the case. Uh, All right, we're moving on to let's move to another uh, completely different field: medicine. Right? Medicine is you take the Hippocratic oath. Hippocrates, ancient Greek physician. The reason why medical students take the Hippocratic Oath is that, you know, first do no harm. You know, you there is no it doesn't matter who the person, the patient is, it doesn't matter their political ideology. It doesn't matter what your political ideology. Well, I could tell you in the Middle East, people from the Middle East who come from, for example, from the noble faith will often say, Well, if I get a Jew uh to, to to my uh you know don't don't treat the jew the same way right because there is this idea that not all humans are created equal and therefore i don't have to dispense my medical expertise to all people equally some people are inherently worth more than others now you would have thought well that those kinds of ideas could never uh, take root in the west and yet we've seen it we've seen for example uh Students, medical students or actually practicing physicians or dentists put out tweets. They come from the noble faith saying, uh, you know, oh boy, if I get a Jew in my thing. But okay, that's one thing. That's just replicating the Middle East hatred uh, over here. But it has now become uh, systemic within the medical field to self-flagellate because you're white, a couple of years ago, I read uh, an article in the New England Journal of Medicine by a white uh, female physician who was sort of apologizing for being white and, you know, and of course now we have systemic racism in medicine and we need to, uh, you know, treat people differently because of past, you know, historical grievances and, you know, who, who you, to whom you give the COVID vaccine first, never mind whether it's it's, it's a good idea or not, but... Uh, was dependent on your skin color, right? And so so the diversity, inclusion, and equity ideas have now made fully their way into medicine. So medicine, right, the, the noble art uh, and science of the practice of medicine, which should be completely free of political and ideological uh, strains, has become fully parasitized. So medicine has fallen. Let's move on. Public health. Oh yes. Well, it turns out, as you remember, that uh, it was terribly dangerous for uh, MAGA people to get together at a say at a at a, you know a gathering during the COVID pandemic because then that would be a super spreader. But it wasn't uh, an equally dangerous thing if you had fifty thousand people banding together on top of each other at a BLM march. Because fighting systemic racism was a greater threat, health threat to people than contracting COVID. So even during the pandemic, people with PhD and MD after the name, I don't remember how much, I think it was several hundred of them signed the letter saying that it is perfectly okay for BLM uh, demonstrations and gatherings to happen because it just epidemiologically The pros and cons are such that from a public health perspective, it was more important to hold the BLM meetings during a pandemic involving a infectious agent. So public health has been parasitized. The Justice Department, of course, has been completely parasitized. Uh, You know, just look at what happens with the uh, nominations of... uh, prospective justices it's completely insane look what happened to brett kavanaugh when now the court is majority conservative even even after it had been majority uh liberal for decades now the democrats say well this is not proper we can't have a mechanism whereby we don't all we're not always in the majority and therefore we need to pack the court we need to change the system right when when the electoral college leads to someone winning who's on our side, then the electoral college is a beautiful idea. When it ends up that's, that's the person who we didn't want to win wins the electoral college, then we should abolish it and it should be a straight majority, like a popular vote. We should add Washington, D.C. as a state. We should uh, add Puerto Rico maybe as a state and so on and so forth. So the, the entire uh, federal system justice system which should be completely free right i mean the 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 way the way that mechanism is oiled should be free of political interference and yet of course now it is nothing but political theater speaking of federalism united states federalism when you have cities if not states saying that they are sanctuary cities or sanctuary states whereby they reject immigration law federal immigration law send us your illegal immigrants we'll take them because no human is illegal as the uh, sign says uh, that is a rejection of federalism so the federal system has failed so now so far we've had academia has failed journalism has failed medicine has failed public health has failed justice department has failed for example, soft on crime DAs, uh, the district attorneys. District attorneys are supposed to uh, basically follow the law. They prosecute cases whereby the laws in the books are on the record, On right? And if you violate those, it doesn't matter whether I agree with the law or not, if I'm a district attorney. My opinion does not matter. I'm hired. To do a job, there is a there is a delineation between my personal feelings and what the books say, the law books say, the laws on, on on record say. But you have people who say, "Hey, I'm not going to institute anything dealing with abortion. I'm not going to prosecute people who steal less than nine hundred and fifty dollars. I'm not going to uh, prosecute people who jump the turn uh, turnstiles. Is that was called the?" What you know when you jump over the the subway uh, gate, because that's you know that's just because there's metros are systemically racist. So you pick and choose which of the laws you're going to uphold and which of the laws you're not. Right? Again, from a judicial perspective, soft on crime policies come from the idea that if criminals are heinous criminals, or or just run of the mill criminals. It's, and especially if they are from marginalized communities, it's because society has damaged them into being criminal. So what is the point of punishing them again by incarcerating them? So we need to reimagine the judicial system. So then all of the people who are the ones who are meant to keep us safe and hence delineating their personal beliefs with the justice system There is no longer that delineation. If I am a district attorney in San Francisco or in LA and I don't like what the law says, I just don't follow it. Okay, And of course, what Ron DeSantis has done in his state is he said, hey, if if you're a district attorney who is not living up to the responsibilities of your job, then I get rid of you, as he should. Not because I love Ron DeSantis, but because those are the types of delineations you need in a free and functioning society that is based on the rule of law. Each of these domains, academia, journalism, medicine, public health, the justice system, the FBI, the CIA, the Secret Service, in order for democracy to properly function, its citizens have to believe that each of those institutions are perfectly unbiased. The FBI is, you know cannot in any way be soiled. The CIA is completely apolitical. The Secret Service is willing to protect the president whether they personally like him or not. Again, you're delineating your personal beliefs and your personal ideology from the job at hand. And if, and if that delineation fails, then the fissures to a democracy are quite structurally severe. Moving on. I've talked about federalism, I've talked about politics. So the reason why I picked each of these is because they're in different domains. Public health, medicine, journalism, academia, the pursuit of science, uh, the justice system. Each of these pursuits is supposed to be noble precisely because it transcends politics. It transcends personal biases if you practice it properly. If you're a good scientist... Never does your, you know, political bias interfere with how you design a study or analyze the data, right? That's what makes you an honest scientist, right? You are pursuing truth unencumbered by identity politics, by personal biases. Otherwise, you're a charlatan scientist. But yet, of course, so many disciplines now in academia are are nothing but political exercise, activism. They have nothing to do with the pursuit of truth. They are about as far away from truth as one can get because it is conceived in those disciplines that activism is way more important than the pursuit of truth, of reality. I mean, that's the stuff that I talk about in the parasitic mind. So to kind of come back full circle to the Donald Trump story, look, no person is above the law so from that perspective if a president or former president were to commit crimes that 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 violate the law you can't say oh but you know i'm i'm the emperor i don't i don't i don't have to worry about earthly laws but no honest person even the most dogged anti-trump haters could think ...that this is probably not politically motivated. No decent, honest person. And again, please understand, I truly... ...it's not as though I've got posters of Trump in my thing. What I care about are deontological principles. When I escaped the Middle East as a young boy... ...and I came to the West, this was Shangri-La. This is where no corruption can happen. You can't bribe the policeman so that you don't get a parking ticket. There were rules, there were standards, there was codes of conduct... There was a set of mechanisms and checks and balances that made the West, that made Canada, that made the US the incredible anomalous societies that otherwise history has never seen. But now we're seeing that the human penchant for political tribalism, for corruption, for dictatorial pursuits of power, ultimately supersede these the the mechanisms of these societies. And so now we are truly seeing these massive fault lines, these fissures in our societies. And if we don't return to a world where we adhere to the delineation of the pursuit of all of these domains that I talked about and political ideology, the West will fall. It might take 50 years, 20 years, 200 years, but we will have seen... uh, you know, the apex of our societies, and now we're completely on the way towards the collapse of the Western Empire. Have a good day, everybody. Cheers.